Stuart Whiting, Senior Vice President of Logistics and Planning at Schneider Electric, discusses how logistics could be a key differentiator in your agile supply chain on this episode of the Patient Driven Supply Network with Roddy Martin. Stuart, um, welcome to uh, participating in the Tracelink Thought Leadership Network. It's an absolute privilege to have you here. Um, firstly, because of our long history together, and secondly, because logistics in the end-to-end supply chain, you know, has always been the cornerstone, but I almost think in the end-to-end demand-driven value network, it's sort of like the poor cousin a little bit, uh, and I'm sure that you're going to tell us a few stories about how the pandemic and, you know, the play out of events on the pandemic has actually impacted supply chain. So it's a pleasure to have you. I look forward to the discussion. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself and go into a little of your past roles with DHL and, and especially how you've seen logistics and given that you're responsible for logistics strategy at Schneider, how has that changed? What's different? Okay, well, first of all, Roddy, thank you very much for the invite and a pleasure to be with you again. As you say, we've got many years under the water, under the bridge uh, together and many events. Um, so I'll just give a very brief inter- introduction to myself, Stuart uh, Whiting. I'm a Senior Vice President for Logistics and Planning uh, at uh, Schneider Electric. And my journey uh, really began back in 2013. But if I reflect on my background, my heritage, and, and who I am in the marketplace, and I like to think of myself as a commercial operator uh, with a very strong track record of what I would saw called customer-centric transformation. So how do we re-engineer our business operations to really the exact needs of the customers that are in the marketplace? And in Schneider, that journey began with taking on logistics and network design. Well, what is network design? Network is really... How do we configure our downstream and upstream uh, footprint and resources and assets to optimize uh, our position in the marketplace and the customer delivery experience? Laterally, I took on uh, field services, which is the after-sales support of our install bases. Uh, As we digitized, uh, data and analytics became a key component of how do we move to the next level of efficiency. So built the data and analytics teams out in uh, India and in the Philippines. Uh, which is now extending out into the regions as we speak, and more recently brought on planning. Prior to that, I was a a lifer at DHL, if you wish. Uh, My roles have been operational and commercial, uh, significant roles in building the strategic and global account management uh, processes and teams, as well as the solution design elements of that group, general management in Japan and Taiwan, including country presidents, And then my last role was the global head of multinational customers, government and defense, working in the uh, DPDHL headquarters in Bonn, Germany. So really, what do I see about the role of logistics? How have I seen that evolve over time? Well, for me, I think logistics really now is the differentiator. And what I mean by differentiation is that products don't necessarily differentiate too, too much in the marketplace when you've got competition, but it's the manner in which you deliver that. So how do you become and how do our salespeople differ the product and service offering compared to the competition and importantly, the delivery experience that our customers um, experience? And, and traditionally, 
in the old silo mentality of the organizations, you know, logistics would have been referred to, and as you say, uh, the, the poor cousin of the supply chain, uh, looked upon as box movers. They didn't quite understand how value could be injected, how differentiation could be placed to really ensuring the perfect order and more importantly, uh, a pleasurable experience from the, uh, the, the eyes of the customers. So for me, I'm seeing a transition from box moving uh, to one that is now really focused upon reliability and agility and transparency and visibility across the supply chain combined with our usual metrics around the cost to serve. So truly understanding end-to-end processes from the eyes of the customer, but more importantly now, the role that data automation and analytics uh, can bring and that logistics really are by nature true collaborators. Logistics really understand the need for upstream and downstream to coordinate well together, be transparent and open in terms of sharing information and data in order to be able to affect uh, that perfect delivery experience if you wish. So there's a bit of my background and a little bit of my perception of how I've seen logistics evolve over time. So, so I'm going to pick up on a point that you made because I think it's fascinating and, and a little bit of context. As I talk to supply chain leaders in pharmaceutical, and it's, you know, I'm not being derogatory by saying that they are absolute laggards in the supply chain. I mean, they've relied on um, 300 days worth of inventory and high margins to support the business model, right? I mean, that's how they guaranteed supply. You just throw away the 15% product you made with a 15% COGS product, and you make sure you've got hundreds of days floating around. It's just not like that anymore. But I was fascinated when you said, design the supply chain network from the customer back. And I'm kind of a little staggered when I hear chief supply chain officers in the pharmaceutical space say, well, you know, yes, it's patient-centric, but we haven't kind of got our way around to really thinking about the patient yet. And I think that's just a stage and a journey. And I'm sure you've seen that before, where logistics was push, was supply-driven, and you really, you never really thought about the customer except just to meet the, the service level requirements. So designing the network from the customer back to supply must be a very fundamental part of your strategy. Indeed. Um, and that, that really involves going out and talking to your customers, but being very structured in terms of what you're trying to understand from that customer base that's there. So from my perspective, you know, the stack it high, sell it cheap, lean methodology that's traditionally associated with logistics is really going out and understanding the attributes that drive the buying behavior. Now, clearly, the patient on an operating uh, table to, let's say, one of our valiant freedom fighters in a war front, what their demands are when we're fulfilling demand to uh, our, our brave soldiers, uh, boys and girls that are on the front lines to the launch of a new Apple or a new uh, high-tech uh, product, to supporting critical installations such as hospitals and so on and so forth, or utilities in the network, each has different demands or attributes that's driving that behavior. And clearly a one-size-fits-all push approach uh, to meeting demand is no longer right. You've really got to understand the intricacies and also the switching points between which uh, cost will outride service and service outrides cost. 
And you can only do that by really getting to know your customers. And surprisingly, uh, my colleagues in, in sales and marketing, and I often refer to them as smileys, uh, and, and having been a smiley myself, um, don't always really understand the motivations or don't really understand what's driving uh, the, the articulation of need from the customers that are there. So going out and recognizing these different behaviors has really taught us a lot about how we need to re-engineer the supply chain. And that it's not just about, you know, being uh, one size fits all, that you actually do need variability in response. But similarly, we need to drive modularization or value stream mapping and lean processes to deliver it efficiently, uh, regardless of the difference in, in the buying behavior that we're recognizing. So, you know, we really are finding, and this is why I say commercial operators, is that we're finding logisticians now far more commercially aware and customer aware uh, and really understanding the tweaks and the trade-offs that need to be made to meeting that exact need of a customer whilst maintaining uh, profitability and competitiveness as well uh, in, in the actual physical transaction itself. So for me, you know, it's far more about just understanding how a warehouse works, the optimization of transportation modes and, 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 and containers and, and equipment. It really is about what value points do you need to trigger within the supply chain to meeting those needs. But critically, how do you sense and predict the needs and the changes in that marketplace as well? So you'll have a core buying behavior that you can identify with. You can then re-engineer backwards through your supply chain how you'll fulfill that demand chain. But then how do you also then sense and predict any variation that may come in that demand? Because again, Customers go through various different demands at any one time. Uh, a customer could be lean, i.e. very cost or automated in their re relationship with you, but they're gonna have moments where they will need agility and response as well. So how do you have a bimodal approach to managing these relationships, but equally driving efficiency and fulfillment? You know, that's. Uh, I'm so glad that you have articulated uh, that demand-driven segmentation. And John Gatorn is actually one of the uh, recorded webinar guests that we've got coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. And, and I think it's had a profound impact. And I know, I believe that Schneider used the outside-in demand-driven segmentation models from John Gatornov as the basics of your logistics strategy. And I think it's profound because how did we do that before? Well, we, we kind of, uh, we contracted logistics capacity and push them uh, with product out into the marketplace. And, you know, we relied on efficiency to meet service levels. We got to be smarter than that, right? Especially, and I mean, in life sciences and especially in healthcare, where in the future you may be dealing with a patient community of 10, 10 people with cancer and a very specific personalized drug or even one patient. So gone are the days where you just pump the marketplace full of product You've got to be very targeted in delivering what could be a cold chain product right into a patient's hand inside of a hospital within a very specific time domain uh, window so that they can be implemented. So it's great to hear you articulate that demand-driven segmentation because I think there isn't a good, and I'm not teaching you anything, especially you, by, by saying a new, uh, a new view of segmentation from the patient back. And I think 
watch that catch on in the pharmaceutical industry because, you know, reliability and demand forecast accuracy is, you know, sometimes in the 50%, sometimes in the 50, 60%. You can't run a business like that. You can't save patients like that unless you have hundreds of days worth of inventory. So Stuart, talk a little about, because I know that, you know, without uh, harping on um, on Schneider specifically, but a lot of companies are going through this, well, we spent a lot of money on our ERP systems and we've consolidated and harmonized all our instances, but we still don't have end-to-end visibility. We still don't have that transparency of the end-to-end supply network. And obviously in healthcare, uh, it's all built around the patients. Any reason healthcare exists. So talk a little bit about how you've moved from an ERP paradigm to something else. Let's call it digital for want of a better word. First of all, I mean, each organization is unique. Um, but however, customer buying behaviors are agnostic. Uh, what I mean by that is you're not... Um, particular to any one industry you know they they will vary you could be an oem in india who behaves very differently to an oem uh in in california or in florida or in china so for me you know understanding how that customer responds how they need to be served and re-engineering through the supply chain requires one critical point and that is really understanding your own end-to-end processes because again before you digitize before you you know leverage any of your erp architecture or decide on any tools that you may need to help you in that process you really need to understand what data is critical to deliver or to assure that perfect order regardless of what the demand is there so whilst mapping the perfect end-to-end supply chain and applying the principles of value stream mapping Here, we've also written what we call our data supply chain. So what are the domain specific data objects that we require to drive excellence at a source plan make or deliver uh, perspective once we've got visibility to the order and the demand or the forecasting, of course. And then what data objects within each of those demands needs to come together within a unification layer so that we can then begin to orchestrate that end-to-end supply chain response to demand and then equally and bringing that all together how do we represent that up or downstream so that it drives the right actions at that domain level or in the management of the complete order management cycle that the customer is placing upon you so in here it's understanding the processes but drilling down a lot further and really understanding and driving excellence in data. And I always say, to me, data is like blood in the human body. You know, the, the, the better your blood is, uh, the better the blood work is in terms of all the t- tests, guess what? The healthier you are as, as a human being. So to me, the healthier your data is, the, the excellence of the data and integrity of the data that you're providing within the supply chain, then guess what? The efficiency of the supply chain is far greater, not just in managing the day-to-day operations and fulfilling that perfect order, but then able to drive things like analytics and automation, where we take inefficiencies out of the supply chain, you create the visibility and the sensing and the predict capabilities. That means you can be far more educated now in what's coming and what will be 
potentially there in the future. You can sense where shortages will be happening. You can be able to sense changes in demand patterns and then consequently flex the supply chain or begin to build that agility and flexibility in terms of how you respond, not just to the now and the event management. You know, I'd look at what happened in 2008 and 2009 as an event. I'd look at Fukushima and the very unfortunate events around the tsunami in Japan as an event. But when you start to think about something like COVID, this isn't an event. This is something that's going to go on for two to four years. So ever more, the resilience, the vis- visibility, as I shared with you earlier on, the role of logistics and driving collaboration across the supply chain so you can be agile and responsive to need and demand is ever greater. And you can only do that with the right visibility to data, the orchestration of that data and how you unify it, unify it how you present the data to the key uh, decision makers, stakeholders within the supply chain that are then going to orchestrate uh, the activity within it. And then more importantly, how do you reliably manage the expectations of the customer? You know, it's about making sure you're transparent in what can be done. And I remember one thing from my days, and particularly equally working with the DOD, MOD and NATO forces, is, you know, you can only go to war with what you've got, not what you wish you had. You know, so you've got to be completely transparent in managing that customer expectation about delivery dates, product availability, and what can and cannot be done, but equally offer solutions or alternates and hopefully not come to a straight no decision. So again, data, visibility, transparency, and then critically at the end of all of this, is ensuring you've got the right competencies within the organization to manage that as well. You know, and what you said about the ministry, you know, MOD and, and the military, I mean, that's exactly analogous to, to healthcare, right? I mean, you, you've, got a, you've got a weapon that needs a, a round of ammunition to do a job. Likewise, you've got a patient who's waiting for a particular medicine until you deliver that medicine, the job's not done. So there's a lot of analogies. And I think, you know, if there's one thing that really has come out at me, and it maybe should have if I'd sat and thought about it enough, but you've really emphasized it. And that is how logistics has to operate as an agile network amongst all the partners. I mean, if anybody's got to pick up the slack, it's got to be the logistics partners because I can move my manufacturing to another country. I can move my manufacturing to another site. I can move it to a contract manufacturer, but I still expect my logistics providers to pick up the stuff and get it to the ultimate destination at the point in time when it was supposed to be there. So I think, you know, there's probably a lot of um, logistics network partnership strategies and best practices that could be shared uh, with the healthcare industry as we go forward. And, and I'm hoping that happens because, you know, we're really just uh, logistics and supply chains kind of been seen as, well, those are the people who do just move boxes um, rather than uh, the, the sort of the patient driven supply network that get contracted for very specific roles, like, for example, cold chain. So that's a, that's a fascinating point, and it's really good to emphasize. So, Stuart, as we, as we close off, I mean, I would love it if you could give us, you know, three core thoughts, and I think you've shared some of them with us already, 
just that you'd like to emphasize as a logistics leader that's really done your time in other industries? You know, maybe you've had some experience in healthcare at DHL, but but in the last years, it's been more with the industrial sector in, in Schneider. Um, what would you share that you think is kind of real three nuggets for any supply chain leader to keep in their back pocket around the ongoing role and strategic nature of logistics as a capability? Really understand the end-to-end picture. Uh, again, I think there's still way too much silo behavior uh, when I look at industries outside of my own. And indeed, it was the biggest challenge we had within uh, the transformation we've managed at Schneider. But equally, when I was uh, uh, working with the 3PL uh, at DHL, the the lack of communication within an organization and collaboration as a customer, and consequently, the difficulties we then had in executing uh, uh, was hard. So for me, the skills that really are required are data, digital, without a doubt, but good collaborative, non-egotistical, traditional fiefdom behaviors that we had in the past. You know, this really is a true sharing uh, ecosystem of the future. You know, you're you're looking at competencies where people see the power of sharing, sharing of information, sharing of uh, best demonstrated practices. Those are the people that win. Those that think, you know, I get all the information and keep it to myself and I'll I'll operate a pool model, i.e. when you ask for it, I'll share it. Those days are gone. So for me, very clear end-to-end processes. A complete embracing of uh, the digital uh, uh, capabilities that are out there today. And and interestingly enough, it's about having faith and trust in strategic partners as well. And again, this is another area where you've got internal collaboration, but external collaboration. And I still feel today that organizations don't partner properly with their strategic partners. They don't properly leverage what they can bring to the table in terms of technology or data. What can you bring into your solution set? So as I think of our end-to-end capabilities and the data architecture we manage and and the the, the systems and tools, it is actually an outside-in approach which is truly leveraging third-party capabilities. And then it's how do we move that data within that ecosystem, that hybrid platform, which gives us the differentiating edge of the future. So for me, end-to-end processes, the competencies of the future in terms of the people uh, that you're requiring, and a very strong foundation around data and and digitization. Um, With that, you can then build the agility resilience that you require uh, to fulfill the demand. So I hope Maybe a bit long-winded, but I hope there are some key nuggets in there for you. No, there there absolutely are, and 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 again, I'm going to make the point that I think there are a lot of best practices um, in industries like uh, consumer goods and consumer electronics uh, and industrial that need to be translated into this very parochial healthcare industry, which is more siloed than anything because you have you know, the FDA requiring systems of records and heaven forbid you should share the wrong data with the wrong partner and get yourself into trouble. And so 
you know, that trust element has a whole new component to it. I don't just share all my data with my contract manufacturers or with my logistics providers because heaven forbid I should share data with them and in the process incriminate myself in a, in a compliance issue. So there are dimensions of, um, you know, of supply chain that make healthcare complicated. Just demand forecast accuracy. Patient data is private. So now you have the problem of how on earth do you get insights on demand forecast accuracy when, you know, you're not allowed to touch patient data. Uh, Stuart, I want to thank you really a lot for the time that you've invested with us. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, this TraceLink Thought Leadership Series has been uh, it's been really encouraging because we've had people like you and Gatorna and How Lee and, and others talking about where supply chain has gone. You know, I, I love the story when I was in Europe and I heard a head of supply chain for a pharmaceutical co company say, you know, I thought we'd nailed supply chain and then came digital. Now we're all confused, right? Well, that says something because uh, if you're confused now that you have to do things faster, I question what you really understood in the beginning. So Stuart, thanks for investing the time Hi, and uh, it's really a pleasure to have you. Great, thank you, Roddy.